Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast, and with me as always is the Chewy to my Han, and we'll just say the Lando to my Han, because once again, we have a special guest, and this is the last last episode for this month, and we're going out, not solo, (laughs) but I'm... And with me, as always, is Raul, and we're joined by, you might know him from Chew on This on YouTube. He has his great YouTube channel. Uh, Michael Chew, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing well. Um, just saw Solo like about an hour and a half ago for the first time, so I'm very excited to chat with you both about it now. Mm-hmm. Now you're part of the 10,000 people that saw Solo. <laughs> one of few no yeah few. i'm i'm really surprised that uh people hate on this movie so much i i i'm not gonna spoil my thoughts exactly mm-hmm. yet but i definitely did not hate it far from it actually so i'm and i can agree with that because it's a good movie mm-hmm. uh without the thing that my only criticism is the sequel baiting and the homework in the last 20 minutes of the movie sure yeah <laughs> I can definitely feel that. I'm going to ask Billy all of that because Billy reads all of the books, TV shows, video games, and all of that. Okay. I only care about the movies. Yeah, same. I was going to tell you guys because after listening to some of your episodes, I'm like, man, these guys know the names of every planet that they're going to in these prequel movies. It feels like it, man. And I'm just like, here, I'm just like, I love lightsabers. I love Han. Mm -hmm. It's like the same with me. I went to one of the first Mowdowns. Uh, when Kem Nasa was fighting the that guy that is the voice of Maul that I'm forgetting the name right now. Sam, Sam, that one. So they do like a speed round of like 50 questions in a row so fast. And I was like, this one, this one. I was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. But they're they like, what is the name of this random robot in Attack of the Clones? <laughs> what the fuck? And like this, that was the first time. It was right before I think I saw Row 1. When I was like, this is not the Star Wars that I know. Like they're talking about things that they never never mentioned in the movies, but it's yeah. mentioned in Wikipedia or in a random book or encyclopedia. And I'm like, but I knew parts of the dialogue. That's the thing I'm not <laughs> because of drama. I love the drama and the novela aspect of, of Star Wars. And oh like, yeah. I know the whole thing. But I was like, damn, like Star Wars is not not the same. <laughs> yeah, the world is so vast and we're just mm-hmm. diving into it. You guys are doing a whole thing about it. So yeah, I can't wait to get into this conversation. It's going to be great. Yeah. And um, yeah, we are doing Solo, a Star Wars story. I forgot to mention that's what we're doing. <laughs> yes. Directed by Ron Howard, very last minute. Yeah. And we will get into the production side of this because it's, once again, a very interesting production. Mm-hmm. Much More like chaotic Rogue than Rogue One. Yes. And yeah, not a very one. good payoff, unfortunately. Hmm. hmm. I will differ. Well, I mean box office. Oh, box office. I thought we were saying about quality. Yeah. I was reading that this is like one of the most expensive movies made of <laughs> all time, which I also had no idea about. That's insane. The rumor is, I think I saw from uh, Reddit that this movie with the reshoots cost like $400 million. Oh, my goodness. It. definitely did not make that much no (laughs) definitely not why it cost more was because you needed money for the reshoots Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with justice league or justice league where Mm -hmm. they just spent like another i don't know 100 million for Mm -hmm. to reshoot the entire movie and plus the 20 millions of of uh harry cabo's mustache (laughs) remember that cost 20 million dollars that's that's alone 
that was twenty million dollars. Yeah. Are you kidding? Supposedly, me? I could yeah. I could do a better job, and I'm terrible with technology. <laughs> Now, the thing that amazes me about Solo is, like, to know what really happened to the box office. Because there's a lot of theories. It was the Russians, because the Russians hated The Last Jedi. It was the people that hated The Last Jedi. It was because of Infinity War, because it was two weeks after Infinity War. Or oh, because okay. of Deadpool 2, because Solo, I think, was before Deadpool 2, too. So it was, like, in the middle. Like, it wasn't, like, in a sandwich. Mm. And I forgot the other reason. Also because it was too close to the to the Last Jedi, and I'm like, I think it would have been simpler if you have postponed the movie to December or maybe August. I think it would have had more time to the to fall. Bring. Definitely, yeah. it did not. Yeah, it, it the placement of July. I did not realize year. it came out during that time either. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Between yeah, two juggernaut films, that's really rough. Flew right under the w- radar. Yeah, even though they spent a lot of money marketing, because I remember mm-hmm. the marketing was everywhere. And this mm. is the most weirdest thing because this just talking about a little joke. Movie Pass was blocking <laughs> Infinity War and did not block solo on opening weekend. And I got to see it on Movie Pass. I think they wow. knew it. They knew. Yeah. <laughs> the like, they needed the butts in the seats for this one. Yeah. <laughs> so this came out after uh, Last Jedi, you guys are saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. And I was May 25th, 26th of 2018, I think. Let me see. May 25th. Holy shit. Yeah, you got it. Right on the money. Nice. Wow. Yeah, because it was the anniversary. That's true. That's why they okay. did that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Makes, that makes a lot of sense. But yes, um, this is the second standalone movie. It's focusing on a young Han Solo, which everybody, I remember when this was first pitched, mm-hmm. um, this sounded like a terrible idea. Like, who could replace <laughs> Harrison Ford? He. Of course. Aside from Indiana Jones, this is the character that made his career and established mm. him as a powerhouse actor. And then you hear about, oh, okay, Lord and Miller are doing it. And it's like, okay, I like those guys, but they're mostly known for comedy. And that was what they were originally shooting. It was mm. just a straight-up comedy. And the uh, Lucasfilm execs and all that, they, they had a... I really think it was just like a big misunderstanding mm-hmm. where they just didn't tell him like what they needed. And apparently they didn't. Um, Lawrence Kasdan wrote the script. He was the guy that did Empire and he doesn't like a lot of improv, but Lord and Miller encouraged a lot of that because I'm sure a lot of comedy is a lot of great comedy is improv- yeah. improvisation and it was a mess. But uh, before we get into that, I know we're just delaying the inevitable. It sounds like we hate this movie, but I want to ask. <laughs> no, we don't. I, I want to. I want to ask Michael what his ex- overall Ooh, experience yeah. with Star Wars is. Because oh, we always okay. Ask yeah. our guests that, and I'm just really curious <clears throat> as somebody who has literally just finished watching all of the movies. Yeah, that. So that, like I said earlier, that was my first time finishing this movie. I'd seen like the first twenty or thirty minutes one time a really long time ago, and then just kind of got bored and trickled off but in terms of my history with the movies um i've loved star wars since i was a kid i've loved playing the star wars video game since i was a kid i remember i have like really vivid memories of playing the first lego star wars and um star wars revenge of the sith on ps2 and just like yes! playing the, the yeah dude just playing the dual mode of my friends for like hours on end um so yeah that like i feel like that was when i really got into stars but my first exposure to it was when I was really young, I remember my dad, he's a huge fan of the original films, he had like a VHS set mm-hmm. of the original trilogy. 
Um, and I actually don't really have like crazy memories about seeing A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but I do remember Return of the Jedi, like, and that was probably the movie that really got me into how much I loved Star Wars. I remember like even feeling emotional watching it as a kid, like, holy crap, this is insane. I can't believe that this is the end of everything. Like, I can't believe it. And then my dad's like, nah, there are two more movies that you can watch like right now. And I'm like, there's no way. And then we just one day stumbled upon attack of the clones on TV before I had even seen Phantom Menace. Don't really remember what I felt about it. Then obviously I've seen it since and it's not great, but I mean, all that led to revenge of the Sith, which is one of my, still my, one of my favorite star Wars movies. Um, yeah, I know you guys are big fans of that one. I was listening to that episode as yes. well. I love, love, love that movie. And Honestly, I would have been happy if Star Wars just ended there and I could have just lived the rest of my life, you know, knowing that. But, you know, even with Rogue One and um, the sequel trilogy, I like most of those movies. I wasn't really a fan of um, Rise of Skywalker too much, but... You're safe. Rise of Skywalker <laughs> Yeah, Rise of Skywalker, we'll, 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 we'll get there when, when we, we get, get there. there. Yeah, but all I'll say about that is I have a little story is that I usually go watch Star Wars movies on my birthday because they came out in December for a while. Nice. And then my birthday's in January, so I saved watching uh, Rise of Skywalker till my birthday. And then going into that, I had all these different voices in my head saying one word or another about the film. And I just walked out of the feeling, wow, everyone was right about this. And that's where Star Wars is left for me. But it was nice jumping back into it. It's something a lot more pleasant with Solo. I definitely enjoyed that more than Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for sure. And yeah, with that, let us start our recap. So it starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But unlike Rogue One, it doesn't just immediately cut. We still have the same text, Mm -hmm. like font and everything. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a little weird, Mm -hmm. but it's like, there's a bunch of ruthless uh, criminals in the galaxy and hyperfuel is very valuable, which, you know, I'm glad they did that. Mm. And then it's just like, it is, it's the seedy underworld. And stuff and then we cut to uh, immediately our main hero young han solo played by alden ehrenreich mm-hmm. whom i learned was the first person to audition mm. oh no way three thousand guys that lord and miller saw he was mm. the first person to audition and lo and behold he was the one that was cast wow because i remember they were throwing out all of the names for actors that auditioned for han solo yeah, who's in the rumor mill for that even? I have no idea. Oh, I was camp- campaigning since I heard about the Han Solo movie. Is um, I don't know, you saw the movie The Age of Battleline? Yeah. Remember the guy that portrays John Harrison Ford? Yes. Yes. I, I, there was a lot of people. Just because I was do campaigning the- for that one. Because that, that, he did a pretty good job. And let me yeah. see the name. He was in The Running too. He was. They included Miles Teller, Ansel Elgort, oh, wow. Franco, Jack Rayner, Scott Eastwood, wow. he was a hot button, Logan Lerman, Sky em- Emery Cohen, and uh, Blake Jenner. Although, oh my goodness, it was Aaron Reich, Rayner, and Edgerton. They were the final three. But oh, Taron would have been interesting. I was campaigning for Taron Edgerton. I could, I could totally, totally see that. Out of those three, I actually am glad that Alden got it. I think. I think yeah, if, when you if, actually see the movie, you're yeah. just like, okay, I can see this a little. Yeah, bit. I feel like that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of people probably weren't able to just get over the hurdle of it not being Harrison Ford. I mean, 
he's iconic as this character and we've seen him for so many years as this character this is right after his character's untimely death um mm-hmm. in the movie series so going back to seeing him in young form i feel like people were expecting something a little different but you know it is what it is yeah, yeah. the name of the kid was anthony and gruber and he also wanted he was also mm. is this this guy yeah ah, i see and he yeah so we, we like see like, like harrison too yeah his swagger mm. so we see han steal a ship Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to do 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 solo, and I know that John Williams only did the Han Solo theme, but this mm-hmm. time uh, the music is done by John Powell. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention last episode, but the music was Michael Giacchino, who you have definitely listened to his theme, like his work before. Of course, for me, like the first time I listened to Giacchino was The Incredibles. A lot of Pixar stuff, obviously mm. for kids. Lost. I was around it. Lost. Oh my gosh, his score for Lost is so good. John Powell actually does a pretty good score here. Like, oh, absolutely. A particular scene that I was just like, oh my gosh, where it's just the score mm-hmm. near the end of the movie that we'll get to. But mm-hmm. we may yeah. be talking about the same scene because I also have one of those written down in my notes here that with the score was really doing it for me toward the end of the oh, film. Oh yes, and. Yeah. Then we see Han goes to this, and we see Corellia. This is Corellia. This mm-hmm. is where he grew up. That's mm-hmm. where all the ships are made, and it is a shithole. <laughs> it's it's dirty, <laughs> essentially, and like this is something that I noticed right away. The lighting in this movie is terrible. Like you can yeah. barely see a oh lot my of goodness. stuff. It's like it's super dark, and literally, and you can barely see anything. Just what what do you guys think about that? I thought for a second that maybe is David Jace doing this movie because he looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it it was it was just in the first half especially it was almost unbelievable. I actually had yeah. to turn my TV brightness up when watching it today, mm-hmm. which is something I rarely do. But I mean, I wanted to actually see what was going on, so I had yeah. to make the sacrifice, you know. It's that and uh, Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is actually really comparable. Without, yeah, all jokes aside, that is true completely. No, this is the thing. Like talking about the Lauren Miller problem, I have a theory of like two scenes that I'm pretty sure that are part of the Lauren Miller cut. Mm. I'm pretty sure that that's my theory. That I have two scenes that they've stayed in this cut because one of them is this. Uh, this next coming scene. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure that that one is the Lauren Miller one, the Lady Proxima scene. Mm. Yes, so Han, um, he has a thing of coaxium, which is essential. It's the oil that fuels the galaxy. If you have it, it's like in Dune. It, if you have the spice, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're set. Or you're very, very valuable. It's People will kill you over it. And he has his girlfriend... Kira, played by, speaking of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark. That connection. Who I loved in this. I thought she was great. Oh my gosh, yeah. And um, also good people for the lead, like testing for the lead role. We had Tessa Thompson, Naomi Scott, Zoe Kravitz, Kiersey Clemens, Jessica Henwick would have been really good. Um, But yeah, Amelia Clark got it. And these two are just, they're horny teenagers. Let's let's get it out (laughs) of the way. They like... They're oh, making yeah, they're out all the time. I was just like, no, yeah. they definitely, they they fucked for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't try to hide that either. Absolutely not. Yeah, they make that pretty pretty clear throughout the film. In front of all the kids, 
I, it gave me mad Oliver Twist vibes. Like all these kids and the gutters and stuff. I was just like, where's the artful Dodger? And <laughs> Lady Proxima is the Fagin in this um, scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, Han's back. So did you get the money? And of course, Han being Han is just like, uh, no, but I learned that we can't trust those guys. Yeah, valuable lesson. right away i know a lot of people are very mixed on alden ehrenreich i was just like Mm. i thought he was great like he really does capture the essence of the character not just his mannerisms maybe not look because Mm -hmm. nobody can really look like forward yeah but he just captures so much of like a young han solo totally yeah it's kind of like um i don't know you saw that tv show uh, young Indiana Jones with River Phoenix. It's kind of like it was also capturing like the mm. vibe of Indiana Jones, but I think it's like a, you have to think it kind of like a James Bond situation. It's a different interpretation of the character because yeah. not, not every actor looks the same in all of the James Bonds. And that's the thing that I like about Elden Ehrreich. He's like his, his interpretation of the character. Yeah, and the, the other thing to add on top of that too is the fact that like this is a prequel movie. Like we don't, we were never privy to what Han Solo was even like before Harrison Ford. Right. So mm-hmm. before I had Harrison Ford's portrayal as that character. So we don't really know he could have totally been acting like this. So it's like strange to think that people kind of shut down the idea. Like this was what Han Solo was like mm-hmm. before he went to Tatooine. It's like, we don't even know. So yeah, you guys are absolutely right. Just an interpretation. I think it's pretty, pretty good one. Pretty solid. Billy, you're the one that reads all of the books. This is one of my confusions about Solo's timeline. How many years before A New Hope is this movie? Um, maybe five years or so. Okay. okay. Like it's it's not much. Uh, it's after or it's before Rogue One. Oh, okay. But it is. Okay. It's not that far behind it, if that makes any cool. sense. Yeah. I know that like Han is noticeably older than luke because harrison ford was notice like he was like 10 years older <laughs> yeah, definitely. than the rest of the cast mm. so i think that that placement in the timeline is very good mm. because it's still when the empire is at the height of their powers and everything and you just feel the effects everywhere the empire has a hold of like every world yeah it's it's nuts but yes uh han meets lady proxima because they're just like oh she wants to talk to you and it's a giant worm creature <laughs> i do appreciate that it's a practical effect though yeah a lot of them in this movie too great practical effects throughout yeah and this is when han is just like we're running and he's just like this is a thermal detonator no it's not it's a rock click click yeah no it's not and he's just like all right there's a reason why the room is dark in this scene mm-hmm. i like yeah. that because it they're vampires essentially and they blister in the sun mm-hmm. and all that and then we get a pretty decent chase scene where proxima's goons are trying to get after han and kira and then they go past an imperial checkpoint and another funny moment with one of the robots where they just go through the bridge and then um the tank just um destroys the droid <laughs> yeah just completely runs him over yep yeah. so it really shows also in this scene that han is again he's a heck of a pilot 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. He, but he's also very reckless because then he tries to get through a tight spot and is just like, watch this, tries to fast and furious <laughs> it. But of mm-hmm. course, it it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He gets stuck at the very last bit. Uh, and then be it's careful, just like, don't pitch a Toreto Star Wars crossover. We're not there yet. Maybe in like <laughs> Fast and Furious 50, but not now. <laughs> it's, it's not against family. <laughs> so yeah their plan is to take the coaxium bribe a guard and then go over to the other side so they can just i don't know get a ship and do whatever the hell they want they want to see the world's typical teenager shit and then they get there and it looks like it's gonna work and i like that kira is just like "Uh uh-uh keep the door open you get it once we cross because the guard um, wisely would take it and then just um, get them arrested and stuff. Yeah, I, I like that it shows that Kira is not an idiot. Han didn't really think of that, but again, Han is he's very hot headed and yeah, much more impulsive character for sure. Also, yeah. I think they want to ask you, Billy, talking about the ancillary material. By this moment, this is already like the 15th time that the camera focuses on the dice. What's yeah, the, the, focusing the, on the dice. Yeah, so apparently since The Last Jedi, I guess they were just like, oh, Han had these lucky dice or whatever. That never happened in the original movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something that Disney invented because I don't know. <laughs> because they could. Mm, true. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was in the background somewhere, like the Empire Strikes Back guy that has the um, ice cream maker. Ah, and yes. Then they <laughs> In the Mandalorian, they later showed how it worked, and it was like a holding unit. And yeah. if you ever go to a celebration, you see a bunch of guys with those machines and everything. It's, oh, my God. It's fantastic. And then Han manages to get past the checkpoint, but it's just like, Oh, but then Kira gets snapped uh, or taken. And then she's like, run, run. And he's like, I'm not leaving without you. Again, I was just like, oh, my God. I I feel like I've seen this cliche before. Yeah, I feel like the first half of the or maybe just the first act of the movie is just full of things you've seen before maybe that's why i stopped try like stopped watching it the very first time i tried to watch this mm-hmm. is because it, it really takes a while for you to feel like the uniqueness of the film that eventually comes it takes a, a good bit of time yeah but also i think even though it's a cliche but it works because you're giving han kind of like a drive like following a girl and everything. yeah yeah. And also, this is the other thing that I like because that's a thing that I fantasize since I was a kid. I always had a feeling that Han Solo joined the Empire and then he he ran away. Mm. And I'm like, and when they put that 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 scene, that notorious scene. Oh, well, let's let's just get that out of the <laughs> way. Get that one so first, yeah, of this all, is this is this is awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this isn't good. <laughs> Second of all, how does? I guess the Empire just has the um, the Imperial theme mm-hmm. as like the recruiting video. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why? That's like that's like in Rocky Five when he's coming home and they're playing the Rocky theme, and yeah. it's an odd touch. It, it's it's odd. And then 
they're just like, uh, I want to join the, um, the I want to be a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best one in the galaxy. It's just like, okay, all right. And he's just like, um, <laughs> I'm going to get back here. Not the phrase you hear often. And the snarky guard is just like, who are your people? And he's like, I have uh, no people. Because he just goes, I'm Han. Okay, what's your last name? Who are your people? I don't have any people. Hmm. Han. I just so low. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I groaned. I could not believe. I, I could not believe that that was that that was even necessary. Like, why was that even necessary to be in the movie? Because they later talk about like he later talks about like his father. So it's clear mm-hmm. that he he has a recollection of his family or like what their last name would be anyway but then he lets this guy give him the solo name like that it's just like whoa this is wild (laughs) yeah that's the thing that i still remember when they happened i was like oh i thought that Han already had his name (laughs) (laughs) the same too and i'm like okay weird but at the same time it's the thing that you said about um the 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 imperial ad i liked it even though it should have been a kind of like a bigger joke because it feels kind of like an army kind of like a army kind yeah of like ad. yeah like you propaganda see, join the yeah exactly join the army and we will pay you and you can travel to many worlds they should have said and we also will pay you college like the army they should have just added that we'll pay you college too <laughs> but yeah like um i like this it's funny but at the same time, like, when you said, I was like, uh, who are your people? I'm no one. And then Han turns around and I was like, uh, I'm Han. Han Skywalker. Don't, don't. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this has been like four episodes in a row. I, I, can't, I can't stand you. I, I was going to say, uh, you're Han nothing. Not from nowhere. Han from nowhere. <laughs> but not to me. But not to me. <laughs> Cures in the corner, but not to me. <laughs> Cut to three years later, because apparently they do a three-year time jump, and Han is in the middle of a literal war zone, mm-hmm. and yeah. guys are just getting shot, blown up. Once again, it's dark as hell. You can barely see anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, I love that he's just like he's high, he's trying to hightail it out of there because he's just like screw this, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, reasonable response. Of course, and the guy's just like. We're pushing forward for the Empire. Boom, he blows up. <laughs> literally. And they're in the trenches. Got very World War One vibes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we meet uh, the least Star Wars E name ever with Tobias Beckett. Played by <laughs> one of my favorite actors, Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, I love Woody Harrelson. Now, as a Han Solo, that would have been interesting, though. You can definitely see him as, like, the mentor Mm -hmm. for Han. Oh, absolutely. uh, Woody Harrelson described him as, like, Long John Silver from Treasure Mm -hmm. Island, who is Mm -hmm. very much like that father figure to Han. Not necessarily a good father figure, mind you, but Mm -hmm. somebody that shows him the ropes and... I mean, you hear him just going like, okay, kid, here's what you got to know, all that sort of stuff. 
you could see somebody like Woody Harrelson doing that for sure. Oh yeah, he's perfect, perfectly cast for this kind of role. Absolutely. He only needed to be drunk. He was already gonna be the guy from uh, Hunger Games. Now forgetting his name, Helmich. Oh, Haymitch. Haymitch. Yeah. He's basically yeah, Haymitch down yeah. to the terrible, terrible wig. <laughs> yeah, man. He, he, he can't rock wigs. People are are given from Venom to this. Oh my God, Venom! The wigs don't stop for I'm Woody. So high for Carnage. I'm so oh yeah, that's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. he, his wig looks semi decent. Better for sure, absolutely yeah. better. <laughs> and then we also have Beckett's crew, which includes his wife Val, played by Thandie Newton, underrated mm-hmm. as hell. Love her on Westworld, and yeah. um, Rio, who is or Rio Durant, who is a Ardinian. He's got mm-hmm. many arms and stuff. It's kind of spider like. Voiced by John Favreau, of all people, which I thought I did was not like, know that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, hilarious. People forget he's also an actor. Right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And Han is following them because he sees um, he sees Beckett just shooting people, twirling the guns, kind of like a like a cowboy and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, mm-hmm. okay, these people know what they're doing, and I'm gonna stick with them. And then he's just like. I'm on. Nobody cares. And he's just like, yeah, okay, what do we do, Captain? Because he's wearing a captain's. Uh, Beckett's yeah. wearing a captain. And they're just like, <laughs> I love this kid. Like, they, they clearly, n- nobody gives a shit about Han. And it's a no. that, <laughs> like, he gets treated like shit. But he doesn't really seem to care. He's just persistent. Yeah. And it's that annoying persistence that somehow he ends up in these situations. It makes sense for a Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And then he notices, yeah, um, when Rio pulls up his pants and stuff, he has the multiple arms. And he calls him out on it. He's just like, yeah, Captain, either um, you're a corpse or you heal real quick because you've got a bunch of bullet holes in your outfit and yeah we even see like that he doesn't he, he's just like i got kicked out of the royal academy for having a mind of my own or <laughs> the imperial flight academy for having a mind of my own I'm like uh we, we all have that friend who is always <laughs> cocky and thinks that he knows sure. everything yeah maybe he met ezra bridger maybe <laughs> According to the timeline. Could be so. Could be so. That would be cool if uh, Ezra was in this movie. Hopefully we get him in Ahsoka. As uh, Mm. the rumors are that he has been cast. And I would really like to see Ezra. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because I I love Rebels. You need to finish that show, man. I will. I will. I know. And I have to prepare for all of the (laughs) 50 Disney Plus shows that they're coming. Ahsoka, Including your favorite, Cassie uh, and Andor. Ah, and the stupid Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, God. Horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your Mandalorian take is just as hot as... Well, oh, you don't like hot. the... I, I don't mean to diverge the episode, but you don't like Mandalorian either, Raul. Mm-hmm, nope. Okay. Mandalorian no. and the Rogue One is the worst thing that Star Wars has ever made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These are hot takes. I like it. I don't mind that you don't like the show. I mind that you don't like a certain character from the show. No, I, I don't like the show. It's like Baby Yoda is cool. The thing that I like about Baby, I don't like about Baby Yoda, he represents everything 
the, the fandom is. Because the fandom crucified awesome. cru, the fandom crucified so much about The Last Jedi and so many things, but they saw the videos like, oh, he's so cute. I forgot he about is. everything. Disney come my money. <laughs> and I'm like, no. we don't we don't forget about everything, but Come on, how can you hate him? Look at him. He is adorable. Let that the is true. Die. Kill it, you have no, <laughs> how dare you? That is my son. That'd no, be horrific. I want, <laughs> I, I want a Last Jedi scene when Kylo is killing Grogu in a flashback. No, oh, if yes. you really want to get if you really want to get crucified, then you say that. Oh, <laughs> if I win the lottery, I will pay Ryan Johnson to film that. Ryan Johnson and Adam Driver to film that. <laughs> he's busy making like five knives out sequels. That's true. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's never gonna get his trilogy. The knives out cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, I love that Beckett. He uh, Han is just like I'm gonna like I'm gonna tell on you, and then he's just like really. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, he, this guy's trying to desert, and of course they believe Beckett. He's got the captain's uniform. He outranks Han, and mm-hmm. Han is just. They're just like, oh, that one's a troublemaker too. Throw him in the brig. We'll feed him to the beast. I knew immediately who they were talking about as soon as they said it. I was just like, it's only a matter of time. Because they throw him down a pit and it's a muddy, gross pit. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, the beast is Chewbacca. It's the first time Han meets Chewie and yep. Chewie just like throws Han around like it's mm-hmm. nothing. Of course, because he's a Wookiee. He's mm-hmm. also like seven eight. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's really, really strong tall. too. Yep. And then um this is another weird thing where Han can speak Wookiee. Yes. Yeah. Where they make that like extreme like explicit that he can actually <laughs> do it. Actually it's like very, very strange. <laughs> well yeah. Is he learning all of a sudden? He had a book on on Wookiee, like a Wookiee language, and then he forgot to read the book about how to heal someone from death, like in the Force. Oh, that's for episode nine. <laughs> he didn't read that book. <laughs> he doesn't have the Force. <laughs> he knows a little, okay? It's very convenient. <laughs> that's not how the Force works. But he somehow knows some what is called Shirwook, which mm. is the Wookiee language. Okay. Which is basically a bunch of... That was so good. Holy crap. That well, was fantastic. Also, Han Solo saw the Christmas special. That's why he still <laughs> remembers some. He was in that. Of course. <laughs> Cut to Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> uh, he saw some Wookiee porn, like in the Christmas special. You don't know. Or, the, we're <laughs> omitting the most obvious joke. He looked it up on Wikipedia. Ah, thank you, Billy. Thank you, thank you, Billy. That was necessary. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Han manages to convince Chewie. He's just like, I got some good friends up there. They won't leave without me. They will. But (laughs) Chewie doesn't know that. And uh, he convinces Chewie to knock down the podium that Mm -hmm. they are chained to. And they're, they're... Getting watched by two stormtroopers, and the stormtroopers are just like, "Yeah, I'll bet you he's not going to last another minute." Yeah, I like the troopers. I think one of them is uh, Steve Bloom, who Mm. is um, who is Zeb in Rebels. Oh, oh, cool! That's awesome. Yeah, I I know him as Tom from Toonami. Nice. I did not. Wow, that is sick. 
<laughs> I did not right? make that connection. That is sick. <laughs> like I kept hearing his voice. Like like he's one of those voice actors that you just hear mm-hmm. like constantly, and you're just like, mm. where? Who is this person? And then because I grew up on Toonami as well, that's how I learned about anime. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. And, I was just gonna say. Yeah, late nights, man. Those were the days. Absolutely. Wow, I feel bad for you Americans to watch Dragon Ball Z at midnight in Mexico. They play it like around 12, 1 p.m. <laughs> for like two or three hours when I, I was wish. growing up in the 90s. Well, I wish. We got, got Crunchyroll, so it's all good. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Han and Chewie, they're still chained together. And I love that Han is just like, this way, Chewie, being obviously bigger and stronger, mm-hmm. <laughs> just puts Han in the other direction. And it turns out that Beckett and his crew were only there so they could get a ship for mm-hmm. a heist or a job. Yeah. And then they're just like, uh, oh, shit. Is that a Wookiee? As John Favreau says. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you know, we could use that him because Wookiees are notoriously strong. Mm-hmm. You need a muscle, he says. Yeah, because um, their crew is a little light. It's very Especially when he says, I'm telling you, you will never have a deeper sleep than curl up in a Wookiee's lap. <laughs> How would you know that, Rio? Mm, he has sex with some Wookiees, maybe. He's done well, something with them, that's for sure. Yeah. He did say later <laughs> that many have tried, none can succeed. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all human. Mm, he is an Ardenian. It's true. So he's like Maskinana. He she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> So they pick up Han and Chewie. I love that. He's just like, oh, yeah, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca. I'm not going to say that. We're going to have to we have to change that. Yeah. And they immediately, they just have a great friendship. Like Han's washing off all the mud. Mm-hmm. And then just Chewie comes behind him. <laughs> and then it's just, you couldn't wait. Now they're just in the shower together. It's fantastic. Mm. That's how you bond. <laughs> Maybe that scene was bigger in the in the middle. <laughs> in the Lord and Miller cut. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> you know, Maz Kanata wanted to be Han in that situation. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Maz Kanata likes them hairy and long. <laughs> you know what? Funny enough, there's a lot of women that in Force Awakens. Yeah. There's like another woman that really likes Chewie. All yeah. of a sudden. Ah, the yeah. nurse. The the yeah. old nurse. Yeah, he he can get all the old ladies. <laughs> but he is 190 so yeah he is pretty old and then they spend the night on the snow-covered planet i'm learning now it is called vandor and yeah, they're just um they're just discussing what are you gonna do when you get your cut of the money and it's a nice little bonding scene and then um vandy newton is just really mean to Han. Like she's just like, mm. oh, okay, so we brought another it might as well have been Qui-Gon saying, hey, we brought another or Obi-Wan saying, we might as well have brought another useless life form. She's just like, yeah, your instincts aren't always good. And looking over at him. Mm-hmm. Cause he really is like that annoying kid that you just mm-hmm. let tag along with you. <laughs> Definitely. Oh poor Han. <laughs> Yeah, and while that's happening, um, Beckett also in this moment 
is breaking down a rifle down mm-hmm. to a blaster, and lo and behold, that is Han's iconic blaster. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that it's it, they don't spend too much time um, setting up the heist. It's just, okay, we're going to do this. We'll have a little bit of time to breathe. Have a little bit of time to know characters. But I think that there is a criticism with this and that this would have worked so much better if this was like a Disney Plus show where we had to mm-hmm. we had a lot of time to get to yeah. know these people. Yeah. That was like my one complaint. I wrote it down right here that I wish the train sequence happened a little bit later in the movie because mm-hmm. it just feels like, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it yet. We're going to talk about it, I'm sure. But it's just like we get to know them. And then the next scene, it's like these characters don't even matter anymore. Almost. I know. That was my comparison to the theater. And I'm like, they killed Tundi Newton so fast. What <laughs> is like, well, like glorified cameo. Yeah. And it, and it feels like it doesn't really have any type of effect on like the larger scope of the movie after that point for a while, at least. And this is the thing about, because that piece with the training feels kind of like a middle part of the movie. Not yeah. Not the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I think maybe this thing, maybe this whole scene was already shot in the Lauren Miller cut, but maybe because of the mm. reshoots, they're like, no, wait, let's put that one there. Sure. Because I think if I remember from the rumors when they reshot everything, I forgot who was the actor that was playing uh, Dryden Vance, but then they recast it with Vision. So maybe- Oh, Paul Bettany wasn't originally that character. No, no, it was Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Omar from The what Wire. What the heck? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. And that they, they filmed that? Um, they filmed some of it, I think. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a half-man, half-lion. Mm-hmm. But, oh, uh, interesting. He, when they did reshoots, he was unavailable because he had something else going on. And uh-huh. they couldn't wait for him yeah. to be available. So uh, Paul Bettany, by the way, the director that they replaced with was Ron Howard, who has the most bizarre filmography yeah. I have ever seen on uh-huh. somebody. Because he has made some of the best movies ever mm. and some of the worst movies I have ever seen. Uh-huh. Like mm. The Dilemma, one of the worst comedies I've ever seen <laughs> in my del- life. And oh, my so goodness. Bad. And when talking about Ron Howard, the first movie that I remember watching Paul Bettany is him as the monk that... that Slashes himself in Da Vinci Code. And, da Vinci Code, yeah. And I'm like, ah, that was a strange Paul, connection. Was Paul yeah, it was Paul Yeah, it is. In the white makeup, he was like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, Christ. Oh. Like every five minutes. Yeah, that was Ron Howard, too. Yeah, it was Ron Howard. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's why. Um, I think he also did A Beautiful Mind, if yes. I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Paul Bettany, once he learned that Michael K. Williams was out, he texted Ron Howard and is just like, hey, can I get I a role well. in this in this movie? <laughs> and Ron Howard's like, yeah, okay. I'm working with very worked out. It time. worked out beautifully. Well, also, he's a reporter of the Disney family, so he was like, yeah, he's cheap. That's like, it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, then we get the train heist. Pretty cool train. This is, pr- like, it's on this giant platform, and there's there's a top and a bottom and it's mm. consistently moving and it's it's a big action set piece and it's on the snowy planet that's not hoth for once and it feels like a ride too it feels like definitely oh for sure and you you can see this on star tours mm-hmm. and it also just reminded me of like those old westerns like the train robberies when they're yeah. you're trying to get to the safe or whatever and they're on a moving vehicle mm-hmm. 
yeah, if you guys have been to Disneyland or Disney World recently, the new or it's not the new ride anymore, but that Millennium Falcon ride is like yes. kind of loosely like similar to this, where you like pick up and steal like coaxium from trains or whatever as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty That's neat. The thing that I was gonna mention because I'm like, this is a thing that I never noticed before. This is the third time ever that I have seen Solo, and I'm like, huh. This is the Smugglers Run, the movie. Yeah, if you yeah, think essentially. About it, they mentioned Corellia. They mentioned Coaxium. They mentioned something about the Porsex. The only thing missing was that guy from Rebels that is on the ride that I'm forgetting his name right now. The dude that stands up there and talks mm-hmm. to you, yeah. Oh, Hondo. That was, yeah, Hondo. That was the only thing missing from the in the movie. Only him. Oh, my gosh. Hondo would have been perfect in this movie because he is yeah. also a criminal. Mm-hmm. So, and he was in Rebels, so yes, that that connection mm-hmm. would have been even stronger. But anyway, we get the heist, and we see that Han is essentially useless. And if, at first, it's going pretty good, but then we meet Enfys Nest. And Great they are, music. The way that oh, yeah, Nest gets theme? introduced, that was my favorite theme. The Enfys Nest one. She gets the yeah. Avatar music. The. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool, and it's just um, they're all um, fully clothed and masked, and mm-hmm. they just they're they're really small, so you can tell they're just they're not grown adults. And uh, don't ruin the she's twist. Got, that was um, a good they're, twist. They're pretty cool. It was a pretty good twist. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see it, but they're they're trying to get the coaxium as well. They're just being a pain in the ass, and. You um, know that connection that you should have done with Ephesus? Cassian Ender, he was in this fight since he was six years old. He should have been part of Ephesus. Is that one of your go-to <laughs> Star Wars lines now? It's yeah, just, it's one of my lines. still holding on, let go. You're nothing, but not to me. And now I'm having on this fight since I was six years old. Since I was six years old. Wow. And yet, the irony of you hating the movie and yet saying a line from the movie constantly <laughs> because he's should the not only be lost good actor you. in that movie. The not, only uh, good actor yeah. in that movie. I don't. I don't want to say only good actor. I won't say only, but he's really good in it. Mm-hmm. I definitely Cass- agree. With Cassian that. definitely was better than others. That fucking bitch. Better than that fucking bitch. <laughs> Just watch the monster calls, man. She's really good in that. She's too. really good, and also that one with um, Stephen Hawking. Oh, the theory of everything. theory of everything. Yes, that yeah. was pretty good. Too. Yeah. Anyway, um, the train heist. At first, it's going like an Ocean's Eleven thing, where mm-hmm. Chewie and Han are uncoupling the train, and Rio is piloting. Val's gonna blow the bridge. Everybody has their job. It's a heist. But they can then, eat in a sandwich because you said Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> for sure but unlike oceans 11 where everything goes right mm-hmm. and there's like one mate maybe one small hiccup everything just immediately goes wrong when emphasis nest and um their crew show up yeah it's a really decent fight scene mm-hmm. to be sure and then the rio who john favreau he gets killed because he gets shot and han has to take over and prove that he's just like I'm a pilot. I'm the pilot. Mm-hmm. Like that from Row One too. I'm the yeah, pilot I'm from Riz Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> you have a name? No, I'm the pilot. The script hasn't said my name yet. I'm just the pilot. Yes, and <laughs> the pilot whose last name is a chess piece. Rook. 
Ah, yes. Isn't his name like Bodie Rook or something? Yeah. Like that? And, yeah. And <laughs> Bo- Bodie, once again, point break. Yeah. Oh, I kept thinking of. Yeah. And we saw that movie two weeks ago and I already forgot that name. I like that. Bodie Rook. Thandie Newton is pinned down. She's just like, it's been a ride, babe. Boom. <laughs> and Woody Harrelson, to his credit, seems to be the only one that's actually affected because mm-hmm. character was his wife. Yeah. All he wants to do is retire and play the harpsichord. My wife. <laughs> And then, it, then it seems like 10 minutes later he just completely like <laughs> forgets that his wife just got blown up <laughs> like <laughs> for, sure. for sure anyway they uncouple the train there's a couple close calls there's the one where chewy almost gets mm, hit yeah we know chewy's gonna be fine oh no Even they played it they played it in the marketing all the time <laughs> dude or han yeah. has to pull up chewy and then um, they do uncouple the shipment of coaxium, and it's a lot of coaxium. And the thing is, it's very unstable. So it's kind of like dynamite, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. if you mess with it too much, it's going to blow up in your face, literally. Yeah. And ha- uh, Beckett's just like, don't you let go of that coaxium. But Han is just like, uh, no, we're going to crash. Let's go of it. Yeah. Beckett is pissed, too. But Emphis Nest's little bikes can't hold on to it, so they have to drop it. And then it drops, and it reminded me of Attack of the Clones with the whole... They blow up a mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. The effect that they use for the coaxium explosions are pretty neat, actually. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah, and then <clears throat> it's afterwards, Beckett made a grave for his crew... And then Han just comes up behind, and he gives, like, the meanest look. Mm-hmm. He just punches Han straight in the face. Mm. And then and you, can add like... Han, you can add that Hondo character was like, and this is my cut because of the damages. Oh, <laughs> Hondo would have been like, my cut is is far bigger than what you proposed <laughs> and all that stuff. He, he would have been perfect because he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. And then Beckett's just like, Dude, you don't understand. We weren't stealing for ourselves. We were stealing for Crimson Dawn, for Dryden Voss. And they will come after you. Essentially, we got to pay off the mob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, how are we going to find him? And in the scene, I also like that Beckett's just like, you can walk away right now. Because once you're in this life, you're stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's giving him an out. But Han's just like, "Hey, man, I'm on the run anyway. What have I got to lose? Mm-hmm. I mean, what am I? What am I gonna do? Go back to Corellia? That that shithole? For maybe my girlfriend is back there, maybe not. And they're just like, "How do we find Dryden? Um, no, we'll he'll find you, and conveniently, his big ass yacht, yes, um, comes right there." Mm-hmm. They board that, and then we get all the weird shit that happens, including... Pretty James Bond when they got in. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Especially James Bond vibes. And I'm like, I'm liking, <laughs> yeah. I'm liking this vibe, though. This is pretty it's the, cool. It's the second movie in, in, in a row at that time that had a sort of casino vibe mm. to it. It's not a straight-up mm. casino like Canto Bite, but... It gave off very much nightclub. Yeah, definitely. Or saloon sort of thing. Down to the singers, which is like the singer had like a weird... 
there's a face in a jar. <laughs> a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, but especially the thing that she had in her mouth, it was, was, was kind of like a microphone. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. You're talking the bank. I was like, hey, can I, this is my cat right <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, so is or they got to leave their weapons and stuff, and they're just waiting for Dryden. Oh, he's finishing up with the regional governor. <laughs> Stabs him. Yep, Vision, that quick cut. Vision is so violent in this movie. I cannot he, believe it. Oh, I loved Paul Bettany in this. I, I wish he was in it more. I wish yeah. he was in it more. I really like Paul Bettany as mm-hmm. well. Just because yeah, just in general. He's very tall as well. So And he's got like this scarred face and bloodshot yeah. eyes and everything. You're just like, this guy, he, he's kind of sociopathic. And he's part of the mm-hmm. Da Vinci Code canon. He's all scarred. <laughs> <laughs> It's the second time, or third time with Ron Howard, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're probably missing something. But um, Beckett's also just like, hey, these people are not your friends. Just put your head down. Don't say anything. <laughs> it's just like, hey, Chewie, let's just walk around. Let's just look at this all this cool stuff. It's got a nice jacket and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, tap, tap on the shoulder. Who could it be? But uh, Kira, she's there, yeah. and uh, and she's looking smoking. By the way, Amelia Clark. <laughs> that dress, thing, that the hair. costume. Yeah. Oh man, I was just like Khaleesi. I was. Yeah. I, just wanted, I just wanted to bow, Khaleesi. In the Lauren Miller cut, maybe they fuck so that right down the bar. <laughs> well, <laughs> even in this, even even in this movie, yeah, they probably do at some point. Oh, you'll, they, you'll they fuck Orlando's coats. In his jacket. They did it so fast. Just, just don't understand the concept of spoiler warnings. I love it. He's like, I want to get there, dude. I want to get to the closet scene. Come on. Yeah. Um, she's there. And then he's just like, what the hell are you doing? I was coming back to get you. And then she's just like, I never got out. I got sold. So essentially she's, I don't know, like a hooker. She got sold for drinking money. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, what, what was your guys' take on just um, just Kira in general? Because we don't really mm. know a bunch about her. We know enough. <laughs> yeah, what, I think, you guys think that's the whole problem with this movie and like most of the more recent Star Wars movies that they introduce like a whole bunch of characters mm-hmm. that get almost no development like here is a really cool yeah they have to like tell han's story and then bring lando back so then eventually Mm -hmm. and like like show the bond between him and beckett so then eventually like that kira storyline gets like pushed to the wayside and then all of a sudden like thrown in your face like we were talking about the closet scene in like a very aggressive way (laughs) out of nowhere it feels like sometimes but she's great in the role i i would love to see I mean, we haven't gotten there yet either, but where her story leaves off is very interesting. I would love mm-hmm. to see like the culmination or fruition of that. Um, yeah, cool character. Definitely wish we got more development, you know. So what you're saying is make Solo 2 happen. If it has to happen, it has to happen. But I, I mean, well, <laughs> they would have to fight so hard to make Solo 2 happen. I don't think you don't have to make a movie. I think you can go or, yeah, to, that to too. the storylines maybe in 10 episodes. On what, 10, yeah. uh, 10 one hour episodes and that's it? Yeah. John Hoey and Lacey Gilren are just so happy that you just mentioned that. 
now they're <laughs> they're uh Schmodown Star Wars competitors. They campaign mm. really hard for make solo to happen all the time. I see your tweets, bro. I totally see your tweets. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people too. (laughs) I mean, Snyder cut. I was one of those people. Of course. Bryce Dallas Howard can direct can direct the solo TV show. Have to pass (laughs) it on from father to daughter. (laughs) That actually would be pretty cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah, she's proven to be a pretty good director. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing. I don't like the Mandalorian, but her episodes were pretty good. Mm. Directed. Story wise, they're bad. <laughs> directed are pretty good. Oh, man. And so <laughs> after that, um, uh, Dryden is just like, oh, Beckett, you're back. Let's talk some business. And they go to his room, which is pretty sweet quarters, to be mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. And um, he's just like, so, you didn't deliver the coaxium. What is stopping me from killing you right now with my laser knives? Literal laser knives, not lightsabers or anything. But And then uh, Beckett's just like, look, Emphis nested it. And he's just like, yeah, I told you that was going to happen. She always happens, but you still messed up. We see a little bit of just like, he he's just waiting for him to say something wrong. It's just like, give me like one good reason why. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, okay, what are we going to do? There's no other shipments of coaxium coming. And then Han's like, what about unrefined? And they're like, okay. And where are we going to find that? And they're just like, um... There's a couple on the spice mines of Kessel. Mm-hmm. Oh. They also named up Scarif too, I think. Yeah, they're just like, you could yeah. probably get it on Scarif for all that stuff, but that's fortified. Mm-hmm. And that's impossible. And then they're just like, okay, well, um, if you can get unrefined coaxium and then get it refined, mm-hmm. drop it off. Maybe this could work. And he's just like, uh, but I'm going to need a crew and a pilot and all that stuff. And he's just like, you got the pilot. Me, I'm the pilot. <laughs> and then even uh, Voss is just like, I like this kid. He's arrogant, mm-hmm. but I like, he, he's like, he's got a hunger. It was, it was yeah. the Hamilton moment for me. He was just like, I wanted him to just go, I wish I was you when I was younger. Head full of fantasies, dying like a martyr. <laughs> Dying, dying is easy, young man. Living is harder. Nice. Just, just had to drop. Drop them bars, Billy. <laughs> drop them bars. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I'm on most of the first act of Hamilton. Oh yes. Not, not to name drop. Especially hey. the same my shot in the in the wedding. It's approval. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the story behind that was we were doing karaoke and I did my shot flawlessly nice. mm-hmm. Raul has, has the footage yes i have the footage <laughs> i would love to see the footage <laughs> oh, the I'll, lost the lost karaoke tapes oh no i'll, I'll send it to you on please Twitter later please but, um, yeah they're just like um yeah we're gonna make sure this doesn't screw up and then boss is just like yeah i know you're not because i'm sending kira mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't mm. fuck up and they're just like oh yeah by the way guys if you screw up I'm gonna have to kill you. And I love it's just like a boss that doesn't want to fire like a a bad employee. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. like, 
my hands are tied, guys. I don't want to do this, even though I really want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> and then they're just like, we need a ship. Mm-hmm. So where do they go? And I'm going to have you guys just discuss because this is where the lighting is the worst for me. It is like yellow. Oh, the game? Mm. You, yeah, when we see Robot Wars. Yeah. The, the droid fight underground fight club. See, I was going to say, this is the only time that the bad lighting didn't bother me because I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like some seedy like fight club underground that people aren't supposed to know about. Yeah. So it's going to look all dark and decrepit. So this was actually the only time where I was like, this is all right. I can get behind this. And actually, like, I was pleasantly surprised because what follows this is like one of the most colorful sequences in the entire movie. And like that, it kind of carries that throughout the rest of the film, which Mm -hmm. I enjoyed. But yeah, I thought the sequence was good. I mean, the introduction of finally bringing Childish Gambino, Donald Glover as Lando. He's by far like the most well cast person for this film, in my opinion. He's... So, so good. And I, I can imagine whatever that Phil Lord and Chris Miller cut was that he got a lot of improv and a lot of fun mm-hmm. probably doing that. So, yeah, yeah that makes cool. me really sad because yeah. I loved him on Community. Community's so funny mm-hmm. and good. And um, he strayed away from that for a while, focusing on Childish Gambino and yeah. like Atlanta and other mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. which is also very good. But at the same time, I oh, was yeah, just I love like, Atlanta. Um, yeah, even people that don't really like this movie, they tend to universally love Donald Glover's performance of course. as Lando. Yeah. And yeah, we meet Lando. Of course, he stands out in the crowd mm-hmm. with his fashion. He's, his cape, everything. man. All his capes. He's free from bullying. And <laughs> once again, essentially, they're just playing poker, with, but yes. they're playing Spock. Yeah. And Han's just like, I'm going to go talk to this guy, see if I can win his ship. And then we get a pretty, this is actually one of my favorite sequences. It's just uh, Han and Lando meeting for the first time and playing Sabacc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, again, Han comes off as very cocky, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see the method to his madness where he is very good mm-hmm. and charming. At other people yeah. no like he he play he he sugarcoats people and uh mm. he makes them feel good also so, especially i love the think? line when uh, han says i was like uh, is it true everything that i have heard about you and he's like everything that you have heard of me is true and i'm like lando Damn, oh. <laughs> oh landonicus yeah because kira introduces that scene with being like this dude i mean this dude is it. This is the coolest dude. And he's got he's got everything. A little bit of everything. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like they're just like, have you even played Sabacc before? And he's just like, yeah, I've played once or twice. Turns out Han's really good at playing Sabacc. Mm-hmm. He has a couple of funny moments, like the dude with the multiple eyes. And he's just like, hey, all, all eyes on your cards. Now mm-hmm. I see yours. <laughs> and, um. That it's just eventually Tahan and Lando, and he's just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Han, you gotta quit while you're ahead." He's like, "Nah, I'm feeling kind of lucky today." Especially because the, uh, um, Lando says, "Was like Han or Han?" 
Well, like uh, the, the, the different thing that the 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 original actor did, and I like that joke. I like that. Yeah, Billy, joke Billy right D. Here. Williams always says Han. Or Han. Yeah. He also says three uh, CPO yes. instead of C three PO every <laughs> single time. It's great. Three CPO. And we see, oh, Han's got a great hand. Beat that, Lando. Okay, beats him. And then we mm. also see that he has a trick card up his sleeve. Mm. So he cheated. Much like, I mean, you would expect that. That nobody would actually play fair. That uh, Lando would have like like the trump card for Sabacc. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. Sabacc works. <laughs> I'm sure that there is some game or something from back in the day that has an element of Sabacc that you can play. Probably like Knights of the Old Republic from on the Xbox. You probably yeah, play Spock yeah, in that. Maybe. Oh, that's memories. And, yeah. And then it turns out it's just like, oh, crap. Uh, he won everything. So mm. we're back to square one. But then Kira comes and is just like, let me talk to him. And of course, mm. Lando being Lando, he sees a pretty woman. And he's yeah. just like, Kira. <laughs> Pleasure as always. Mm. And again, he's got the mannerisms down so well oh yeah he's great he's like, super he, duper he great. almost needed to say hello hello why are we here what we have here <laughs> no he did pretty damn good job like uh lando like a yes give me all of the lando oh like a, this is pretty interesting especially mm-hmm. uh also with disney plus i think you should have named the disney plus show of lando the corrician chronicles that's a much better title well they are coming out with the lando series so, yes, I know, but too I, late. I, yeah. they need to change that title because that's way better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or just Lando, the Calrissian Chronicles. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can do that too. And I've been talking for a bit. So, Raul, do you want to introduce the next quick sequence? Oh, yeah. Qu- quick cameo by Clint Howard, of course. Mm. Um, much like James and Sean Gunn, every Ron Howard movie has to have Clint Howard in it. Yes. And he plays the mm. CD um droid man gladiatorial manager and we are introduced to l3 played by yeah. phoebe waller uh fleabag herself l337 phoebe waller bridge l3 is an amazing character yes i love this robot way better than k2so yes because that was friends <laughs> crucify me do whatever you want um uh, this one is super easy because it's a robot that she has a lot of sass. She sexually active. <laughs> yeah, I'll have you describe. She's a uh, political. <laughs> she's a political activist. Yeah. And I'm like, this is an interesting robot, especially like uh, that she sees like two robots fighting. She's like, no, you don't have to do this, my brothers and sisters. Like, please don't go down yeah. to this path. What, and I'm like, such a very, like, really interesting introduction to that character. Like, something that you would never, ever expect. That's at thing, least for me. I have a feeling the Lawrence, Lawrence Kazan saw the honest trailer for A New Hope because there's a joke. It was like, a, is they, if you think about it, C-Trip and R2D2 and all of the droids are technically slaves. Mm. If you think about it, and I'm like, did Lawrence Kazan saw the honest trailer? Because they, 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 <laughs> like you can already know three that that was a heavy focus on him, and this is the other yeah. thing that I wonder: is L three sexual uh, sexual activities 
are those part of the Lauren Miller cut? Because I don't think that that's a casting thing. It's <laughs> a good yeah. question. Ron, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how much Ron Howard <laughs> wanted to keep that in the movie, but at a yeah. certain point, it kind of hard to pass over because they talk about it frequently in the next like 20 25 minutes yes. of the movie <laughs> yes, oh yeah right. um so yeah she's essentially a djw if uh a, dro- a droid justice sure warrior. yeah if, if you really want to go down to like i guess ignorant terms but um she's yeah, a she's gen c she's liberal droid pretty much i was <laughs> just like oh no she she would vote for bernie he is all for droid rights and making pot legal and it's and no college uh lo- loans or whatever <laughs> and then l3 is just like freedom yep. just be and then the, the, i love that she's just like oh what what are you gonna do my uh my organic overlord and stuff she's just like um they have to get into the garage where the falcon is parked mm-hmm. and she's just like look away i can't perform well you're all looking at me yeah, yeah. And she's like are you staring at my ass like you can notice that she was gonna say are you staring at my ass like, just let me open the damn gate it literally makes you wonder like what was even in that other cut of yes. this movie like if they already have this amount of sexual because this is probably like compared to the rest of star wars like the most crude or crass in that sense with the humor. Mm-hmm. And this is the the altered version of the movie already. So it really makes you wonder what that original comedic version was was like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also I really like the the way that the first time you see the Millennium Falcon, especially how Han is so in love with it. So easily. Yeah. And this is the other thing that I wonder. How did Han Solo and Chewbacca destroy and make the Millennium Falcon so messy in like five years because when they go in they sparkly clean like the floors the walls are like super white all white yeah Lando was keeping it flawless he really was I'm pretty sure when Lando there's a scene deleted from Impressor was like god damn it hon like he gets it was like (laughs) but then again later in the movie we'll probably when we actually see the castle run <laughs> maybe yeah. that had something to do with it because the portion of the ship did get yeah beat up pretty badly mm-hmm. but i get what you're saying like the inside is just so different and clean and well lit mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of like an apple store yes honestly it's yeah crazy but abrams also because his version of the enterprise is also super clean kind of like an apple store yeah it's true it does it gives off enterprise vibes mm-hmm. and you know, there's an escape pod in the front, so that's why the Falcon doesn't have like that little a little hole in the mm-hmm. front mm-hmm. of it. He's like, put a blaster on it, and they're just like, yeah. And there's a parking boot on it, so uh, you know, I can get it off, but or Beckett's like, I can get it off, but it's gonna have to take another five percent of your cut, which is already like at twenty five percent. And he's just like, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. <laughs> but I accept it. Mm. Just shows how chill Lando is. He's a cool dude, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go in and Chewie and Beckett shows immediately Chewie cannot play hollow chess mm-hmm. whatsoever. He's terrible. And yeah, Han and Kira catch up, mm-hmm. quote unquote. 
in the like everyone knew like the chemistry was just like off the charts and the mm-hmm. hormones and stuff and then she's just like no if i told you what i did you would never look at me the same it gets very telenovela i'm just <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. I was just like, Raul, <laughs> just just take it away, man. I can't even. Yeah, because yeah, you you do it. People are probably tired of my voice. Anyway. Oh you no! Know, wait. Uh, oh god, let me find the scene, like, the dialogue. But she's like, uh, she's just like watching the whole like setup. I was like, uh, if I remember correctly, she's like, oh my god, can you have you know someone that has so many jackets and like you see all of the jackets from different colors and styles, <laughs> and you see that I love. It's kind of like um, it mimics that scene of Han. Cornering Leia in Empire Strikes Back mm. a lot because especially she's like, like she's like it's not seeing the series but like yeah I know like uh, that was pretty wild and I was like in the way that they kiss like so passionately I'm pretty sure in the Miller cut they had sex between all of the jackets and like they're <laughs> naked with all the jackets like blanket and Lando was like what the fuck just oh happened my God. he walks oh in my God. <laughs> the reason why Lando doesn't let anyone. Um... But all those capes, they were custom pieces. Yes. <laughs> that was one of the best jokes later on in the movie. Yeah. They're just like, how could one person own so many capes? Mm-hmm. We even see the cape that he's in at the end of the movie. Never even noticed that. No, like, oh, yeah. He really does have like, um, like he has a girl's closet where he has like a million clothes. A very eclectic so wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, he's very clean. He's he, he he's good with uh, his ship. And then I love that Beck is just like, Ahem, am I interrupting something? Because <laughs> he's looking at him and he's just like, really, dude, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna bang the spy, really? Yeah, a fair <laughs> concern, totally a fair concern. Yeah, he's just yeah. like oh, this this stupid boy. And then he's just like, let me give you some advice, kid. Assume everybody is going to betray you. And um, you can never get hurt. That is very cynical advice. And he also says, people are predictable. Mm -hmm. It's very, very important that we learned that. Because you can't change somebody's nature. You know, he's he's not wrong. Mm. So then they go to... Oh, yeah, I love also the talk between uh, Kira and... Yeah, I was just going to say, this is followed by, like, the most wild scene in the movie. Like, I I was literally sitting there like, I cannot believe Disney let this happen. Yeah, like, I don't mind at all, Mm. but I I just can't believe that Disney allowed this. Shocking. Yeah. He's just like, I know you've seen it. Lando's into me, but I am not into him. Oh, yeah. But then she's also at the same time, it's just like, oh, yeah, do that thing that you do um, to me uh, later. It's like, what? Um, Yeah. And then, like, there's also like a line where Kira is like, so, like, how does it work between you guys? And she's just like, oh, it works. It works. it works. I couldn't believe that the first time I heard it, like I was just like you, Mike, and I was like, "How did Disney?" Yeah, I like, was in I'm shock. Short in the middle, because she's like, "Hey, girl, how you doing?" <laughs> like that, that's the only answer you need to do. But it's implying heavily that Lando had sex with this robot. 
Well, he is pansexual. pansexual. Mm -hmm. Yes, he will literally fuck anything that moves. So <laughs> he gives off yeah, that, that vibe, most certainly. That does not. Uh, uh, why do you think C-3PO got destroyed in Empire Strikes Back? Lando was like, hello, droid Lando. And c was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> That's why C-3PO got destroyed, because he didn't have sex with Lando. <laughs> he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I just feel uh, um, Han might have made a good call when he's just like, no, Chewie's got this, Lando. It's just like, I can have my people do it. And it's just like, no, no, no. Probably just like, no. <laughs> we're at him. So you're really into droids. Like, mm -hmm. Like a lot. <laughs> and they go to Kessel. And what they do is they pretend that, because uh, they obviously can't disguise Chewie because he's a Wookiee no. and he stands out in the crowd, literally. And they're just like, okay, we're just going to pretend that Han and Chewie are just prisoners. And so, so we could just get our way in there. Kira puts on one of Lando's outfits mm -hmm. with a cape. Yeah. And. They're just like, okay, we got some new prisoners for you to use to work the spice mines. And it's essentially a slave state mm -hmm. where yeah. they're just used day in and day out. Literally slaves, both Wookiees, humans, and droids. Mm -hmm. And other species. You'll see yes, other, and other, other Oh, yeah. I think I saw Twi'lek. Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, they start the second heist where they steal the unrefined coaxium. Mm -hmm. It's a long drawn out sequence where we see L3. They're just like, hey, create a distraction. She's just like, okay, cool. And yep. uh, they beat the shit out of uh, some of the foremans and everything. She's just like, go, my brothers and sisters, free. <laughs> yeah. Just cause havoc. And then they just, I love this, just seeing the droids just destroy everything. Now I imagine L3, fly, my pretties, fly, fly. <laughs> I want the droids. Ah! <laughs> That's fucking cool. You have just oh, those droid thing. Lego Star Wars death noises as they fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love that Yoda death scream. Oh, yeah. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, but I really love how Eldritch is like, a, oh, please, brother, please tell me this. And the drone's like, you mean, oh, my God, he has one of those sensors that will not listen to anyone else. And he, they set up, and I was like, hey, I need the computer. And they were like, boop, 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 boop. I don't care. Go and free your brothers and sisters. Do whatever <laughs> you want. I need the computer. <laughs> so much sass. Yeah. Reminded me of our yeah. last guest. Oh, whoa. He, he would definitely be an L3 for sure. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, Ryan. <laughs> he's, he's totally sassy. And then it's just an all-out, everybody's getting shot at, and um, Han and the crew are just, they're doing a pretty good job shooting their way out. And then L3, of course, just like, freedom! She literally says that. She says, freedom! Rebellion! Yeah. Rebellion! Yeah. And it's just cutting down guys but then oh no pow 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 she gets shot and lando surprisingly that surprised me yeah and then lando of course is just like oh l3 and is cradling her and then he gets injured and mm -hmm. stuff so they don't have their pilots yeah and they're just like we gotta get him out of there yo okay. the shot of him like running to go save her too was oh epic. my god 
that I was love like, that. that. Probably my favorite shot in the entire yes. movie. Probably that was a cool shot too. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So then they go in, and then Han has to be the pilot, of mm. course. So yes. it's the first time he's flying the Falcon. The other thing is the music cues, of course, bring up the appropriate themes. Also, we see yeah. Chewie liberating a lot of his people. Yeah. Of, oh yeah, he stops to save the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah, Han, cool. And Han's just like, yeah, yeah, you, you do that, man. <laughs> he gives him the stab and I'm gone, bro. Also, <laughs> I'll see you it's later. It's really weird how Han stares up because there's another Wookiee talking to Chewbacca, and then Chewbacca grabs uh, Han's head like a like a dog, like like he's saying like, "This is my dog." And kind of was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's good role reversal. Yes. Yeah. Because Chewie was based on George Lucas's dog, mm-hmm. and um, also that dog was the inspiration for Indiana Jones, I believe. Yes, was, I believe it was named Indiana. Mm-hmm. Mm. He was he was a big Siberian Husky, and if you know anything about dogs, you know those are big dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was always like on the um, passenger side of Lucas and stuff. So that's how we got Chewbacca. Comes full circle. It's like poetry. wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. They're they're designed to feed into each other. <laughs> So yeah, L3 dies. Mm-hmm. Literally, she's just like, I don't know what's happening. My uh, ship. My ship, Lando. Because of course, we know she was in the Lando. She says she wasn't, but you know. Mm-hmm. It's like that friend that says that they're not into somebody, but they actually are. And mm. this Lando, like his arm is kind of badly burned mm-hmm. and he can't yeah. do anything. He's just like in shock yeah. so just like on you gotta get out of here in time and they're just like um oh shit okay and so they're just going through the regular path and then they're just like uh yeah i don't think the empire is gonna follow us it might be smooth sailing from here on out lo and behold a star destroyer <laughs> just yeah. comes right there that's a pretty cool shot I yeah I agree. That's what I was trying. What I mentioned earlier was like this whole sequence is mm-hmm. full of like the best direction in the entire movie for sure. Yes. Yeah, and then I love that Hans just like, uh, oh yeah, they won't send out. I know, I know us. these things. There's no Tie Fighters going to come for us. Come on, immediately. No. Eight Tie Fighters come for them. Yep. And of course we get the flying sequence where of course Han is proves that he's a pilot. And then he's just like, oh, I need somebody to do this. And then Kira, who was in the, the cockpit, like the co-pilot seat, was just like, yeah. And Chewie's just like, get out. And he becomes the co-pilot, and he somehow knows to fly. And even Han is just mm. like, how do you know how to fly these things? Mm-hmm. You're 190 years old? <laughs> you look great. And yeah, we get Han and Chewie flying the Falcon for the first time, and it's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. I, was, I was really very, happy when I saw that. Cool. Very, very. Cool. I was just like, "Oh my god, we're actually seeing the Kessel Run." Yep. Especially, and it's like probably someone says that no one can make the Kessel Run in twenty parts. Like, and Han is like, "Watch me." <laughs> yep. It's probably like one of the better like references to the original series of films, like mm-hmm. in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't. We didn't need to see the Kessel Run, but it's so cool to see. Yeah. How Han got out of there. Yeah. Disney needs to do more of these kind of scenes and less of the uh, Han Solo naming sequence. <laughs> it's just going naming. forward when making references. Anytime man. they do like naming in movies, 
It's oh yeah, terrible. that was like, like my one problem with Cruella. I really enjoyed that movie, but the scene where she decides her last name is absolutely dreadful. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, with the car. I love Cruella too. It's but I'm the like, Fuck, it was like, no. They couldn't help themselves. Or uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Robin, you should use that more yeah. often. I was like, yeah. Ugh. It's, Ugh. Oh, my it's terrible. You know, and the, there's gonna be a Chewy prequel in like 20 years. And like, <laughs> what is your name? Chew, ah, uh, Chewbacca. Chew, Chewbacca. Probably um, like my Chewbacca Smith or something. I don't know. It's probably it Chewbacca, Jones. Chewbacca, Chewbacca Jones. Chewbacca Jones. Chewbacca Jones, maybe. Chewbacca Jones. <laughs> Chewbacca Henry Jones. Yes. <laughs> Who would have known? And then they're just like, uh, okay, we gotta take a shortcut. You're going out there. It reminded me of Thor Ragnarok when they go through the devil's anus. <laughs> yeah. You know, like all shit flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there was one move that I loved when they land on a rock and uh, they use the landing gear. And he's just like, this is what my buddy did on Corellia until he died doing this exact same thing. <laughs> no. And I make a joke right here on my nose. I was like, if I was Lando right now, even though I'm fucking crying that my lover just died, Lost like, her entire lower half. And I'm like, uh, Han, I'm gonna sue you so much. You just <laughs> crashed my fucking car. This is the worst car day of court. Lando's life was yes. this moment, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, then, like, they lose power for a little bit. Han mm-hmm. does the whole spark plug thing. It's like, yes. it's like hot wiring a car. Yes. And they established that Han grew up, again, on Corellia, where all the ships mm. were built. And his dad built these ships, so he, he knows this machinery. His dad with no last name, apparently. Uh-huh, we know or name. first name. We, we just know. It's just Han had a dad. Han had a dad. Yeah, oh, you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe he dad, was just nameless. Completely nameless. Maybe his <laughs> just dad like, was Ren. That's why Kylo says Kylo Ren. Maybe. Maybe that's, that's going to do. No, that's, that's, that's a different reference. but I know. But and then <laughs> you get introduced to that huge-ass Cthulhu monster. That looks pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That monster design was sick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if it... It probably does have a name. I, it's not showing me the name on the IMDb. The squid monster a, thing. He already has a 300-page novel right now that is going to come up. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is this is all a Wikipedia article. Yes. When you really get down to it, this movie is a mm. Wikipedia recap. But it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Oh, no, they're trying to get past the tentacle monster. It hits the ship. Um, oh, yeah. Beckett has is in the gunner's seat, which is just yeah. this big-ass cannon that gets destroyed, and uh, the dish on top of the yeah, Falcon. Yeah, one of the dishes. <laughs> yeah, that's why That's why they went, uh, I think, with like a square disc later, because mm-hmm. it's flatter. Yeah. And uh, Han is just like, hold on. Uh, and then he launches the escape pod, which is in the front of the ship. Yeah. And he's just like, why are you doing that? Just watch. Because then it, it eats the pod, and it, uh-huh. or it, it goes towards the pod. Its attention is directed away. And this is weird to think about, but they're getting pulled into a black hole. It's like, yeah, yeah that's that's a common thing in space, but yeah. you never really see that in Star Wars. Ne- I, I was just going to ask you guys, is that like the only time they bring up even, or they even yeah. show or bring up black holes in Star Wars? Like, like not or? even in TV shows. I was or- going to ask you. Didn't any rebels did a black hole in the finale or something? 
No, but it has very similar monster monsters, I guess, with the oh, Pergil, okay. which are essentially space whales. And that can um transport or they can move at light speed. Maybe that monster went to the Star Trek universe and the end of that hole. Oh, from the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, the Kelvin yeah. timeline. Yeah. That's why I make that reference. Yeah. I know start some Star Trek fans that don't consider it canon at all. And, and they're just, they're just like, nope, nope, it didn't happen. I'm like, you can't not count that anymore. Mm. As much as we, do, as much as they don't want to, because uh, I have seen the new Star Trek show. It's not good. The Discovery. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Star Trek Lower Decks is awesome. Heard I've heard great things good. about. The, it's the animated show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the animated, the animated show yeah. with uh, Jack Quaid in it as well. Mm, I love Jack Quaid. Still, yeah. Galaxy Gal- Quest Gal- is Gal- one of the best Star Trek things. Ooh, yeah. It did give me kind of Galaxy Quest vibes with Ooh, like uh, cool. the uh, um, with like the squid monsters because that's what uh, uh, oh shit, what are the aliens from Galaxy Quest oh, called crap. again? Oh fuck, I used to know this. Because I know um, their mannerisms and shit is hilarious. It's something but... with a T. <laughs> I'm forgetting right yeah. now, but I will remember. Yeah, because Veronica, because uh, Keith Mars is just like, we need your help. <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> and it turns out like they're like squid monsters. Yes. Her, her translator is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the squid creature is getting sucked in the black hole and they're getting sucked into the black hole as well. And they're just like, well, um... Oh yeah, and they have a time limit because the coaxium is unrefined, and the thermians. They don't... The thermians, nice. Mm-hmm. I knew it was with a that. T. And uh, if they don't get out in time, the coaxium is gonna overheat and they're gonna explode. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's literally like having a bomb on the ship. So yeah. like, we gotta go. We gotta get this thing refined, and we can't mess up too much because it'll overheat and we will explode. Wait. Imagine no pressure. if the coaxium would have exploded in that black hole, kind of like the anti-matter in the Coven timeline, would have that could created an alternate Star Wars timeline. That would be insane. <laughs> different different franchise. I know it's different franchise. I was like talking about the JJ parallels. It has to rhyme though. <laughs> yeah, but they often rarely rhyme. Except in this movie, they're actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, um, Oh, yeah, and they have to navigate out, so they get L3's processing compute, uh, computer, essentially her mind. Yeah. Because Lando is just like, I never had her memory wiped, because she also is one of the best navigators I've ever seen. And they put L3's uh, mind into mm-hmm. the Falcon. Now she's a part of the ship. Mm-hmm. That and that's a why weird though because she was so like a pro activism and freedom of robots and <laughs> yeah. without her consent I, d- I didn't even think about that that they just plugged her into another machine yeah, she, i mean she is dead <laughs> she can't really consent but i get i get what you're saying yeah <laughs> i get what you're saying but like yeah she was dead and even kira's just like I'm sorry. And at one point, yeah. the middle of the ship is on fire. She's using the cape and can't yeah. handle. That's a custom piece. And they're just like, oh, L3 has a plot out of here. 
It's through this small opening, and mm. it's slowly closing in. And they're just like, okay, let's put some coaxium in the uh, in the. Oh yeah, like fuel. a little drop. It's technically it will be kind of like a nitro boost, kind of like Toreto style, like to, yeah, to family good. style. I think mm-hmm. about yeah, there are very there's a couple Fast and Furious um, sequences in this movie, <laughs> like the train heist. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, let's use this coaxium, and then it'll get us out of here. Mm-hmm. And so they do, and at first it doesn't look like it's working, but then boom, they just shoot out of there like a bullet out of a gun, mm-hmm. and they barely make it out. And then they rest and i love that lando is just looking at the falcon because it is it's it's done (laughs) utterly destroyed and he's his arms in a sling and he's just so pissed and han's just like yeah (laughs) i hate you i know oh yeah and before that han also did say i have a real good feeling about this (laughs) yeah just to break tradition Mm mm-hmm as well as no 3PO and R2 cameo either. This is the first time in mm-hmm. these movies that we haven't seen 3PO or R2. Oh, yeah, that's true. They don't show up in this one. That was weird for me because I was just like, no. I got to have, have my droids. How can you make them appear? Because Han Solo got to meet them until A New Hope. So technically, That's also true. That's a reason yeah. maybe they don't have to show up. Maybe you can put out that Kira, a scene of her alone with Dryden. <laughs> with and maybe has R2-D2 in the background or like a, on the FaceTime or something. <laughs> I think that's the only way that you can introduce them. I don't know. They were with they were um, uh, with Captain Antilles. I know this that's because true. they were with the Rebellion Also with time. the Organas, with Bill and Leia. Because yeah. I know 3PO and R2 do make an appearance early on in Rebels. So they're mm-hmm. one appearance, but that was when uh, they were with Bail Organa mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't really work. Just something I do like about this movie is that there's really no Jedi or Sith or anything. There's no mm-hmm. Force. It's much mm-hmm. like Rogue One. It's just it's the other part of the star wars universe you never really explored and yeah which i liked that was like the best thing about it you know what i mean the fact that it was so different until like i feel like there are parts toward the end like in the climactic battle mm-hmm. where oh, it get gets there. yeah it gets a little star warsy but yeah we're gonna get there yeah and i love that lando's just like after this i'm just gonna collect my money mm-hmm. and i never want to see you again yes okay Yep. You know, if Lando is legitimately mad at you, you know mm-hmm. you've messed up. Yeah. Oh, boy. Han doesn't seem to care. And Chewie also said something, but uh, ha- apparently Han didn't actually complete the Kessel Run in less than 12 parks. Yeah, he rounds it down. Just like, now, when you round it down, you know, that would be something Han would say. Absolutely. Just to make himself better. But still. And then... After that, this is the reveal. Oh, oh yeah, nice. the, this is the planet Saverine mm-hmm. where they're refining the coaxium, mm-hmm. and then we get another talk with a quick talk between Han and Kira, and Kira is just like, "What are you doing with, like, what is all this, man? Mm-hmm. Who are you, essentially?" And he's just like, "I'm an outlaw. I'm a bad guy." And then she's just like, 
Yeah, no. You ha- might have everybody else fooled, mm-hmm. even though not really, mm-hmm. but I know the one <laughs> yeah. that you are. And that's, you're a good person. He's just like, I'm not a good person. Yeah, yeah, he is. Because you, I'll let you talk about the reveal, buddy, with the Cloud Riders and Enfys Nest. Yeah, mm. this is a thing that I'm like, a serial man that did, and I'm like, uh, okay. And because she's like, uh, Beckett, are you here? And I was like, uh, and Beckett was like, uh, I, we already have your the thing that you wanted. And then they reveal themselves that technically Infus Nest and all of the people around them, they're a bunch <laughs> of children that you mm. should have added Cassian Ender there because he was in that fight for six years, for six years old. But they're technically, if I remember correctly, they're kind of like a, their own kind of like part of the rebellion. They're against the Empire. Yeah. But they also, this is the biggest thing that was like, this is the thing that he, they're starting to talk about. It feels like homework. They start talking about Chris and Dawn and the five syndicates. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. See, it's like they mentioned it earlier in the movie that like uh-huh. Paul Bettany's character is either like linked to them or working with them or something. And Kira has like her tattoo of the Crimson Dawn logo. I think, is that what it is, Billy? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, and then it just feels like they didn't like the story just like lost itself mm-hmm. <laughs> at a certain point and they needed just like a giant exposition dump and reasoning of like why this is all happening or like what they need something to make Han Solo and Beckett like divide in a sense within that moment now that like the main conflict of the film is kind of over. Yeah, especially so, yeah. because the thing that I understand, Emphasis wanted to steal the coaxium for themselves because they didn't want it Chris and Dunn or the Empire to get it. Mm-hmm. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they want to yeah. use it as like weapons or like to, to make weapons or something like that, get right? Money. To protect themselves. Mm-hmm essentially because yeah again, if you get coaxium you're gonna get a lot of credits mm-hmm. yeah shit. uh not republic credits but just like, i don't know imperial credits mm-hmm. whatever money mm-hmm. and then oh yeah Enfys nessa is also a girl yes a, yeah um played by she was just in uh falcon winter soldier yeah playing a similar character actually yeah a freedom fighter a freedom Again, fighter revolutionary very, very french resistance mm-hmm. yeah uh, like during world war ii era mm-hmm. and then i believe they are going to take the ship the the coaxium to dryden mm-hmm. voss and it's weird for me because i went to high school with a guy named dryden and he was kind of like He's Paul Bettany-esque? No, well, kind of, actually. <laughs> Interesting. He, he was pretty tall. He had that lanky sort of look. But, uh, no. Um, it, again, it's weird, because I thought that I was just like... Dryden is a very unusual name. You don't hear, oh, absolutely. You don't hear it too name, often. Though. Sounds cool. It is cool. It is Dryden cool. Voss. And then um, Han talked with Beckett real quick, and it's just... Uh, Beck is just like, by the way, I heard about another job. Big shot gangster on Tatooine. I was just like, job of the heart. Sequel bay number one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, all right, Han, what's the plan? And then they discuss it off camera. Mm-hmm. Of course. And because Kira is just like, 
Oh, you're going to give the coaxium to these guys, by the way, because you're going to sympathize with them. Mm. But, no, he goes up with the, the crates of the refined coaxium up to the yacht and everything. And then Kira is just like, there was also a weapons check, but Kira's just like, hey, they're cool. They're cool. Let them, let them go. And trust me, we're almost at the end of this. Yes, we're and, almost there. Um, <laughs> um, so they show. Uh, we see. Um, it was it was Han, Kira, and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, Beckett stays behind because he's just like, yeah. I'm he done. says he's going to go yeah, off. He yeah, he's going like, to go to see Java. We know he's Java. Yeah, and <laughs> um, they bring the coaxium to Dryden, and he's just like, oh, can I see a bit of it? Mm-hmm. just to make sure and he's just like you really want to do that this stuff is very unstable he's just like no 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 just just do it so he does mm-hmm. and he's just like oh um it looks so real i love the way paul yes. bettany delivers that line to his phenomenon is cool. like it, lo- it looks great but it's not the real thing yeah and he's just like um han's just like that's because it is real what, mm-hmm. what are you talking about just like, no, it isn't. You're trying to double cross me. Mm. Because it turns out that Kira has a soft spot for you. We'll get there. But mainly, you're trying to double cross me. I thought we had an understanding, man. Mm-hmm. And also, my partner is the one that finished the job. And then, dun, dun, telenovela dramatic entrance. Dun, yep. Beckett. Technically, it's a double cross or a triple cross? <laughs> Also, well, Beckett technically betrayed them. Then you can say he said, I was like, the coaxium is with Infest Ness in her planet. And all of the people from Dryder Bus are going to go and reach it. But then mm-hmm. even, even Han Solo was like, how could you? I trusted you. And then Beckett says, I told you to not trust anyone. But that's the thing. Han is just like, yeah. Um, you said... That um that people are predictable. Mm-hmm. You're no exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. He's line. just like I did learn something. So yeah, Beckett did teach him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he anticipated that Beckett would betray him because Beckett's just after himself. Of course, mm-hmm. again, like Long John Silver, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, that actually is the real coaxium, and the Cloud Riders have nothing. So Beckett's just like, all right, screw this. He takes out two of the guards, yeah. and then he's just like, I got to think, and I prefer to be the only one with a blaster when I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, look, I'm going to get out of here. I'm taking the coaxium. Chewy, you're with me, because obviously he would carry he it. He needs some muscle. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you would take Chewy. Absolutely. He's just like, all right, I'm out of here. He betrays everybody, and they're on their way out. But um, turns out that the Cloud Riders, um, they take out Dryden's uh, enforcers and everything. They bait him into a trap and they take out all the guards. But then Dryden fights Han and uh, kicks his ass pretty easily. Yeah, essentially. And then he's goes to Kira. He wants her to finish the job. Prove your loyalty to me and all that shit. And I love this one because Hannah was like, a, you wouldn't dare. And then, then Dryden was like, a, don't you know, boy? She's she's capable of many things. And then she's like, 
I know that what I'm capable of, I can kill you right now. But I won't. I'm gonna kill you. And then she's like, yeah. Ah. And then right was like telenovela face. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then they fight. I love this moment also too, even before Kira is pointing at Han and then she betrays Dryden. But I love this whole fight of how Beckett exits the room and I was like, okay, he's now he's now out. Now we have to kill each other. Like it's another guy. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, because yeah, he and even Dryden's like, yeah, you want to team up and go after Beckett? And Han's like, that that ain't happening, buddy. Yeah, because <laughs> only one of us is walking out of here. He's like, yeah, no, you're gonna kill me. So no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Han has learned so much. He's still a cocky mm-hmm. son of a bitch, but yeah. he's the cocky son of a bitch that we all know and love now. Mm-hmm. Or in, at least in A New Hope. And yeah. then at one point, because um, Dryden still uses his knives, and Kira manages to catch one with um, her like sword thing and use... It's kind of like a brass knuckle. Like a yeah, bit. when they show it up close, it's like, yeah. Yeah, and she catches it with the sword mm-hmm. and plunges it in his chest and kills him. And then it's just like, oh, yay, now we're free. By the way, uh, you guys go right ahead. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> I have to do single yeah. day number two. Yeah, uh, great scene. <laughs> great scene. Yeah. And again, Han is just like, "Yeah, we're getting the we're getting the ship out of here, babe." Oh yeah, and before that, like when the Cloud Rider showed up, Lando just left. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he dips. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he dips. Smart man. Mm-hmm. And then, what did he do? I think this is when she takes off the Crimson Dawn ring, and it turns out it's a key to a desk. Yeah, and yeah, it. Puts all the window shades down and it's Super ominous dramatic. music. And then it turns out she contacts the head of Crimson Dawn. I wonder, did you guys know this was going to happen? No, I don't watch the shows. <laughs> True. But like when yeah. you saw like the leg and everything. I heard the voice and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the that's Darth Maul yeah. from the from the from Rebels and Clone Wars. I recognize the voice, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I will never forget this guy. I was like, I thought he was dead. Like he screamed at me like three lights ahead of him. I was like, I thought he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, it- and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I think in the Clone Wars show they name drop Christian Dawn sometimes. Hmm. Um, yeah. sort of. So Maul did have a um, criminal organization that he created, but it was called the Shadow Collective. Oh, okay. Uh, Later in Clone Wars, it was like I guess the syndicates or whatever. The he five has, like, syndicates. Yeah, the five syndicates. Mm-hmm. So I knew because the name Crimson Dawn mm-hmm. Maul is red. So I I didn't really pick up on that. I would, mm. but as soon as Sam Witwer's voice wow. comes on, <laughs> I was just like. Uh, I was just like, "Oh shit, Maul! Yeah, he's yeah. back!" Especially and they got Ray. They got Ray Park again, just to, mm-hmm. for one scene. Just to be the yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's talking. But I, I agree. For general audiences, this is this is probably confused everybody. Uh-huh. It didn't confuse yeah. me. But that's. I, I feel like that's like, the problem. Is like this whole last bit of the movie is just like. So much of it is kind of unnecessary in the grand scheme of things, unless we get a sequel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
as a as, as this is just like the movie this is just kind of like this is cool this is like really really cool but what does it add to it you know because you know what it reminded me talking about the ending it reminded me of all of those uh ya movies that never got a sequel exactly that's exactly creatures, what i was thinking of the, the fifth wave <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, there's a ton of movies that end in cliffhangers that will never happen. Circle the Freak. Mm-hmm. I, I can go on. Like, so many. <laughs> Cirque du Freak. Oh, don't even them. mention Cirque du Freak. I love those books so those much. Those books are awesome. Yeah. I have all, I've, I've reread all 12 of those so many times. Aragon, the movie was Percy Jackson. Rough. Oh, that's I am number four. Anyway, I am number four. Oh, yes. The, the sequel yeah. tease. Don't do the sequel tease because that's never guaranteed. Unless you know, do not do the sequel tease, people. Yeah. Even in the Snyder cuts, they do sequel teases, and that made me mm-hmm. so sad. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're going to get that. It would have yeah. been so cool, though. Yeah, of course. Because that's actually a good movie. Oh, unlike most of the YA movies mm, that are definitely not. But yes, <laughs> Maul is just like, meet me on Dathomir. We will keep a close eye on you. Mm-hmm. And I just love Maul's voice. Oh, yeah, Sambo was great. And I'm like, he was yeah. also uh, Starkiller, too, right? That's how I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from The Force Unleashed. But which is so cool. I don't remember Murder Stormtroopers. I don't know if it was from one of his trailers. I forgot the other web YouTube uh, channel. was like, a, just to make some people from the audience not to doubt that it's Darth Maul, let's show his lightsaber on the FaceTime. Yeah, that was also so odd. That like, was I, very I, unnecessary. I, I get, I totally get why they had to do that but then it just looks so dumb like mm-hmm. it looks it looks so strange like he's just like oh yeah i'm just gonna show off my lights over right now you better be careful kira mm-hmm. yeah. i guess it's just he's just like yeah some intimidation techniques you know basically yeah come over get over here Describe or i will, so. or I will <laughs> Yeah, but also this yeah. is the other thing confusing let's see in a world where they will have made the sequels Technically, how are you going to explain Maul's presence after those movies? Because according to canon, Darth Maul dies on the hands of Obi-Wan two years later after this movie. Two or three That's years why later. we have the Clone Wars, because they actually do explain that. Mm-hmm. Well, and also Rebels, but does the thing... Um, you Rebels know, takes place after this. But you well. know that 80 per- 90% of the audience, they're not going to watch those shows. No. They will not. But, yeah, that was definitely something made for the fans. Uh huh. Like the hardcore people, like yeah. the Star Wars Explained or the Force Center mm-hmm. people. And that's what's tough. It's like at a certain point, you have to draw the line when making like an actual movie as like where does the fan service end in service of the story versus the other way around? Mm-hmm. But because at a certain and you no, go for it, go for it. Especially because it's technically doing the pandering and fan service. But Star Wars is completely different, let's say, to a Marvel of DC because they will do references of the comics. But me mm. as an audience member, I didn't read the comics. So I still enjoyed the movie. And I yeah. can ask my friends, oh, hey, so is this part of a comic or something like that? Because it's still yeah. accessible. But in Star Wars, you're like, a, oh, so I need to read five comic books. Watch, watch the show. Watch 50 episodes of the show. <laughs> And maybe yeah. play a video game to understand those ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I feel like this is this is such a deja vu mo- moment for me. Yeah, but the, 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 <laughs> it's because it's like in row one. But at least yeah, in row one, in row one was so distracting because I didn't give a fuck about the characters. But in this <laughs> one, I do give a fuck about the characters. 
Yeah, yeah. because we care it about was, them in the it's original more trilogy. frustrating, even more because it's a thing that uh, Michael brought up. Because you never know, know what's going to happen to Kira. Uh, yeah, we are because she's getting a comic book series. The other thing now, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Jesus. So, All right, let's wrap. Let's let's wrap up this thing before my head explodes because I actually agree with every single thing that you are saying. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, go save Chewie. By the way, uh, uh, now I guess I'm head of this faction of the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm taking the boat and I'm leaving. Sorry, yeah. babe. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so Han catches up to Beckett, and then Beckett's just like, "Oh yeah, no, I was just uh, you know, we could team up again." And this is then, a great scene. This is a great, just, great scene. He's talk. He does. He starts monologuing. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, "You never ever monologue." He goes, "Yeah, that's the thing." Uh, and then immediately, you gets- weren't paying attention, kid. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Han shoots him square in the chest, mm-hmm. and he's he just like, first. "Yeah, he was." He does he shot first. first. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a quote from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where it's just like, if you want to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, I just wanted to play the harpsichord, <laughs> and then yeah. he's just like, he's just like, he's just like, yeah, yeah, okay. Boy, okay. He just dies crying in his arms. It's beautiful. I'm gonna quote one of my favorite podcasts. They were talking about the Last Jedi and how they hate Row One, especially with all of the verses about the dice. And I'm like, I think it's like Pablo Hidalgo needs a job because all of those weird references to comics and video games and books. And I'm like, it's Pablo Hidalgo needs a job in that moment with that <laughs> weird thing that Beckett said. I was like, he's like, okay, okay, die, die now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, dude. Beckett went out like a champ. Yeah. He said, I'm, I, I, wanted, I want to have my last piece before I die and say what yeah. I had to say. Yeah, and Han was actually just like, all right, sorry I had to do this, man, but you brought this yeah. on yourself. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chewie, let's 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 get out of here. Let's dip <laughs> because Enfys Nest gave him just enough. Um, they have the Quaxium now, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Enfys Nest is just like, "Hey, you guys could join us." And then he's just like, "Yeah, don't push your luck, kid. Mm-hmm. That's not going to yeah. happen." And he's just, she's just like, "You never know." Mm-hmm. Just saying. By the way, here's a little bit of Quaxium. You can get a ship. Just get on out of here. Mm-hmm. And so Han and Chewie do that, and then. Oh yeah, and Han sees Kira flying away. He's just like that bitch, like like in his eyes, he's just like what the hell. Yeah, it's like in Kung Pao. Kira's like, I will see you in the sequel, and then she flies away. <laughs> like the one boom chick, I will see you in the sequel. <laughs> the sequel okay. of Kung Pao that we never got. Make Kung Pao two happen. I have been doing Make it for Kung twenty-five Pao 2 years. Happen. Yeah, that's where it is. That and Spaceballs two, the search for more money. Yeah, Spaceballs can... two. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, you know they can't really do that, but in my in my heart, I will always hope for mm-hmm. Spaceballs two. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would it would be dishonorable at this point. Yeah, to, no. to Loki do a Spaceballs two. Yeah, John Candy and Joan Rivers aren't with us. Mel Mel Brooks is like Mel Brooks ninety five. Oh, so yeah, as we never he, gonna get a Galaxy too... Quest sequel also. Damn. Yeah, because Alan Rickman. Yeah, makes me mm-hmm. sad. Rest in peace to all those talents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these are the last two scenes mm-hmm. we get Han. Meeting up Lando again, playing Sabacc. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he does the thing that Lando does in Empire, where he's just like, oh, oh bring it here, man. He's like, what's up, dude? Yeah. And that's important mm-hmm. because now they're playing uh, another game of Sabacc, 
but uh and and lando's just like you got a real thing for my ship don't you it's a mutual thing and then he's just like oh uh you got a good hand there you good because he knows that he took the mm-hmm. the card and he's just like uh yeah sure and he has a really good hand but then han is just like but it can't beat this boom everyone's like all right and he's just like ah he outplayed me and now they own the falcon mm-hmm. and then it's just like oh yeah let's go to tatooine do that job that beckett was talking about and sequel tease number three. Yes. And we're done. Yeah. It, was, it, 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 it ends really abruptly. Yeah. It ends like super duper abruptly, but I, I enjoyed the ending too. Yeah, just, of, just like Rogue One, it's very abrupt. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of the ending of the third Divergent movie, A Legion. It was like, a, we're finally going to stop the war. And they're like, they're watching all of the wreckage of Chicago. And they're like, <laughs> we're going to go there and free everyone. And the sequel never happened. <laughs> the <last> never <laughs> happened. <laughs> for good reason. Yes. Yeah. Reason. Divergent died for a much better reason. Yes, much Absolutely. Reasons, but <laughs> that was solo. That was solo. <laughs> that was solo. You stuck yeah. in for two hours. Just you guys want to give some uh, overall thoughts. We rank this thing and we do our plugs because we're first, now almost at the two hour mark. You first. Um, I'll say we're about to we're, we're about to hit the length of the movie. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Just um, like, just like uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, <laughs> like the movie. And we make a lot, of, a lot of distractions, like in the movie itself. Yeah, so <laughs> also um, true. <laughs> what were your overall thoughts, man? You are our guest, after all. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. This has been a blast. I love mm-hmm. chatting Star Wars with you and just chatting with fellow movie nerds. Mm-hmm. It's always a good time. I love the podcast, so thank you for having me on. Um, in terms of this movie, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's like. One of my favorite Star Wars movies, not even close, but it's also far, far, far from the worst. I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. like we talked about in the beginning, like really hate on this movie. It's not that bad, guys. Um, as Billy knows, I don't know if you know, Raul, I am not like super critical of a lot of things as long as I'm entertained. If I'm entertained, You're you'll like probably me. get at least a six or a five out of ten. And mm-hmm. this is a uh, oh, this is slightly above that. This movie, I would give maybe around like a six point five or a seven. Mm-hmm. It's a super entertaining movie. I like the entire cast. Like the only complaints I brought up while we we're talking about it really are just like the sequel baity stuff and some of the lack of character development or, or weird references like at the very beginning of the movie. The first 20 minutes is rough, but yeah, if you get past it, you could you can you could really enjoy this movie. Yeah, it's a really good rating. I I like this movie. I liked it when it came out. I'm I'm one of those people because I only saw it once because I'm, I didn't need to see it again. And then yeah. last year I saw it again because some friends of mine, they were doing kind of like a Netflix watch party. And I'm like, you know what? This movie's not that bad. I was like, that's giving it a second chance and now seeing it for the podcast. And I'm like, this movie's growing on me. I'm yeah. also, even though I have a feeling that maybe it's never going to happen, but I'm hopeful that maybe they could do kind of like a 10 episode Closing out those storylines. Wrap and up of this, more. yeah. But if I will give a rating to this movie, I will give it a seven. This yeah. is a good movie, even though it has all of the production errors and all of the sequel baiting and all of the you have to yeah. do homework to get it. But this <laughs> yeah. is not that bad compared to other bad movies like Rogue One and Fantastic Beasts and the Crash on Grindelwald. 
The fantastic vision the Crescent Green the World is telling you you have to do you have to go to fandom.com and read it to understand all of those references mm. that J.K. Rowling put out just yeah. to vomit on it. I mean, for example, I just saw Snake Eyes yesterday, and that was a perfect example of how not to do a prequel mm-hmm. or origin movie. You know I, what well, I mean? I'm gonna this give is... you my my me watching Snake Eyes in the theater. There were people uh, in my theater falling asleep watching my I movie. Slept, Absolutely. <laughs> I slept beautifully. The AC was so good at Universal at the IMAX. <laughs> it was so hot outside. And I'm like, okay, this movie's boring. I'm going to take, sh- yeah. take a shower. This, <laughs> this is a much better movie. Yeah. This is a much, much better movie for sure. And you, Billy? Okay, so yeah, basically it's a broken record at this point, but... Uh, I really did like this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is the only time that we're all going to be unanimous with our. Oh, really? This is the first time? I think. Or like very close. It's because weird. I'm going to yeah. give this. I'll give it a seven. There it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not. Seven, Billy. It's, it's definitely entertaining. I think Ron Howard oh, did a yeah. great job with what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like he did not have any time at all. I know that they worked with basically a skeleton crew and mm-hmm. for what they were doing at that time not not bad. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, 7 and uh I want to mm-hmm. thank our guest Michael Chu. Thank you for coming right, on, you. man. Thank you guys and, for having me on. It's been a blast. Yeah, so where can the people mm-hmm. find you on the socials? You got anything to plug? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Chu for real, the number four, uh, and then on Letterbox, just Michael Chu. Same thing on YouTube. I'm definitely gonna be coming back with YouTube videos in these next couple weeks. Um, just have to make sure the things are all good first with school because that's the priority at the moment. But can't wait to have you guys on the channel at some point. Um, I know Raul lives out near me somewhat, so maybe we'll get him for an in-person one, Billy do it over zoom it's going to be a good time i can't wait to chat with you guys again and you buddy and you as always as always you can find me at robert rdc on twitter instagram letterbox and on tiktok at robert rdc and also you can follow the podcast on syns pod on twitter also give us a like and also a review on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, the other ones don't be like that asshole on, on apple Podcasts that give us a one-star review and you Boo. You can follow me on Twitter at MasterPuns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at BillyBatsonsLightning. Nothing is capitalized. And you can follow our Twitter at SYNSPod. And once again, you can listen to us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are listened to. And as always... As always, see you next summer. Beautiful.